What's up, guys? I'm very excited about this episode today. I have Amber here. She is a spa owner who added permanent jewelry to her business model in about, what, August of 2022. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. And she wanted to come in here and share some things she's learned and some helpful advice because she's been you know, crushing the events. And so, uh, Amber, could you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, absolutely. So I own Amber Bud Atelier. It's a skincare spa in Burnsville, Minnesota, just south of Minneapolis. And I added permanent jewelry because I had been designing jewelry with a master jeweler for about three years prior. And, you know, Instagram picks up, hey, this girl likes jewelry and started showing me your videos and marketing and things. And I went, well, that looks cool. And one day bought a welder and you know, here we are. I it took me a few months to kind of get into it, not because I I didn't want to, but because of just life circumstances. It was the holidays, it was uh, new employees, things like that. But in June, I started doing pop ups and um, have been just killing it there. So yeah, we've done some pop-ups that turned into people asking to have us do events at their homes, things like that. Yeah. So you took a little bit different path than most of our students. Instead of signing up to learn the training, um, you you know were kind of self-taught and then you decided to join Linked to get more of the education. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. So what what led you to want to you know join Linked? I was really impressed with you and Tony and your marketing style and the way that you taught. Um, I thought that was really an important missing piece for me because I wasn't actually sure how to go about booking pop-ups. So I thought, okay, I'm going to just join this thing. I'll learn. If nothing else, I'll learn some marketing tips for the spa. Turns out it was so beneficial, simply, not just simply for the marketing, but also for the community. The people are so friendly, so helpful. I did my first outdoor pop-up and posted like two days beforehand. I'm like, guys, what am I forgetting? This is what I have. And People sent me lists. They sent me links of things that they used, things that they loved, things that they wouldn't recommend. It was, it's just a really helpful environment. So what would you say the biggest things you've learned from doing those events are? Biggest thing I've learned is uh, buy more chain than you think. I know everybody says that, but I was totally that person that was like, no, it's going to be fine. No, buy more than you think. Keep track of what you sell um, so that you know what was the most popular, then you know what to repurchase. I have not had, I mean, I have maybe 20 chains at any given time, 20 to 30 chains, but there's consistently 10 that I sell out of. So those are the ones to repurchase a lot of. The other thing I started when I was starting doing pop-ups, I started doing like, oh, the staff can have a free bracelet because when customers go, what's happening over there, the staff can show them like, oh, it's, you know, this permanent jewelry thing and shows them their bracelet and it's awesome. And then I went to a winery and didn't know how big the staff was and ended up giving away, I think I figured out at the end, it was like 32 bracelets. And that is a lot. And they were calling their friends who weren't even working that night saying, Hey, she said that staff gets a free bracelet. And I was like, no. (laughs) So lesson learned, don't do that. Figure out the size of the staff and, you know, maybe have a a tier system. Like if there's three or five people, maybe give them away. If it's 30 people, just do a discount for the staff. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if you did this, but I would have used that moment to ask them all for reviews and sharing it on their Instagram stories and just spreading the word. Oh my gosh. I wish I had thought of that. (laughs) If I were you, I would contact that winery and say like, hey, you know, I was happy to give away, you know, 30 plus bracelets, but could you please get your staff to leave a review here? That's a wonderful idea. I will do that when we're done here. Thank you. (laughs) 
It's like, that's the thing is like free stuff. A lot of people consider it an expense, but especially when you're starting out, it can actually be a, a very great exchange of value for, reviews, you know, photos, content, word of mouth, you know, you name it, repeat customers, especially with permanent jewelry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, another thing I would say is definitely bring an assistant because I, I have had times where I'm busy welding. I don't have time to explain the process or, um, check people out or anything. So if you can have an assistant, bring an assistant. It is worth the $20 to pay them per hour or whatever it is in your area. Pay them 20 bucks an hour when you're making 500 an hour. $20 is a drop in the bucket. Yep. So when you're training your assistant or at least briefing mm-hmm. them on what to do, um, that was a very Air Force word, briefing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My husband's in the military. It's fine. <laughs> what do you What do you tell them? Like, What are their instructions? I, so I set up at two different tables. I have a table for the assistant and then I have my workspace and I set it up. So it's basically like assembly line. So they're at one end and they're like, okay, here's explain the chains, tell them this is the gold filled and this is silver and this is gold. And we have the printout from linked that shows the different like chain styles or, or metal styles, I guess. And this is why this matters. This is why we don't carry these other types. Um, and then we have ours on like little earring hooks. So we tell people like, you can take these off the, the chains we sell are over there with the welder and you can take this off and you can layer them on. And, and we drape like one or two at a time. And then always ask if they want charms. Like if they're like, Oh, these two, I like these two. Great. What charms are you adding? And if they say, I don't think I want charms. Okay. No problem. You know, they just bought two bracelets. Who cares? Um, but if they say, Oh, I didn't know there was charms. Oh yeah. Those are all over here. You know, take a look over here. So then they're looking at charms. They're busy their whole way that they're making them their way to me. They get to me, they've filled out their waiver. I've written the charm and, and chain down at the bottom of it. So I know what I'm welding on them. Do my cut, do my weld. And then they finish up by going back and paying at the end. Yeah. And there's, there's a psychological thing there. I don't think you did it on purpose. Maybe you did, but like once they get through, like instead of just coming up to your table and then saying, well, oh, I can't afford it or, oh, I don't want like those prices or, or whatever. Like it's harder for them to back out mentally after they've gone through all these steps before they get to you. So by the time they get to you, they've already committed to a lot of stuff. And so it's, it's probably increases your conversions a lot as opposed to just having people walk directly up to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I hadn't thought about it that way, but yeah, I mean, they've already committed multiple steps. They already know what they're in for. Yeah. We put our pricing right there. It's very easy. So they can see what's happening before they purchase. Awesome. For those like yourself who maybe mm-hmm. have trained themselves, or maybe they went with another training company and they're like, well, I like Link's vibe, but I, I don't want to pay for a whole nother training. Um, you know, we have a program where they can actually join and learn all our info. They can get on the Facebook group. Um, so we do have a transition program for that, which you did. Um, what would you tell them are the advantages? I would say the incredibly welcoming nature of everybody that is in the group. I know I've heard other people say that, but I cannot stress it enough because I am somebody who is very skeptical of those kind of things. And it it really is. Everybody is so helpful. People will give you recommendations, tell you what they've used, what they what they didn't like, what they love. People will send you pictures of their setups. And then if you're like, oh my gosh, I love that. Can you tell me what where you got it? Nobody's like, don't copy me. They're like, yes, here you go. Here's the link. Go get it. You know, everybody is really, I think it's a really cool environment because everybody is clearly proud of what they're doing, but also really willing to help others. On top of that, I can't stress enough. 
pay attention to the marketing, use the tools that are given. Like you guys have done a killer job with that. And the videos, especially the new ones are wild. They're so good. They're so detailed for people that don't know how to work with a jump ring, that don't know how to use a welder. I knew how to do those things because I had already been working with a jeweler, but being able to watch the videos and even go back and go, okay, that one isn't working right. Um, learning the right terminology, everything. It's just an invaluable resource that just continues to get better. Awesome. And that's one of the the things me and Sarah wanted to do is we always want to reinvest into our business. And so before we had those really high quality videos, we still had a videographer that shot videos when we first started and they were good. Like we got mm-hmm. good feedback on them, but we invested a significant amount more once we could um, to get those ultra high quality videos. because we, we want to make sure our students have the best resources. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And then I, to me, our course, like you said, is is more than just a course, it's a community. Um, mm-hmm. And we're also trying to always add more and more. So like right now, I'm working on some new marketing videos that are coming out soon yeah. um, with some new tactics tactics and strategies in time for the holiday season, just so our you know students can definitely su- succeed then. Um, because typically I see that um, depending on the industry, summer can be slightly slower because people are on vacations and stuff. Maybe not so much with permanent jewelry because there's more events, but then the holidays can be just absolutely like profit crazy. Absolutely. I mean, we are planning to do a holiday bundle with jewelry and spa and market it to the significant others of our clients. So very excited about that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even think about gift cards. Like you could do a, you know, a gift card people could give for permanent jewelry. That's a great gift. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Awesome. So um, as far as like, you know, you, you were a spa owner, you're still technically a spa owner, but you're less in the spa and you're more doing events. What was that transition like? What are the differences? The biggest difference is time. Like being in the spa, it would take me three or four days to make what I make in three or four hours doing jewelry. It's wild. Like I cannot say that enough. This industry just keeps continuing to blow my mind. As an example, I did two events one week. One was three hours. One was four hours. Both of them did. One was 2,200. One was 2,400 in that timeframe. I could not have done that without an assistant there because I needed somebody to keep moving people through. But the, the time, I mean, I spent seven hours and made $4,500 as opposed to an entire week of work making $4,500. Yep. That's awesome. So if you would like to make $4,500 in seven (laughs) hours, if that sounds good to you, comment below. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. Let me know. I'll tell you all my secrets. (laughs) Um, No, but real, I mean, one of the things that I always got mad at at other marketers are not mad. It was just a pet peeve is they would like throw out revenue numbers, but they never yeah. talked about profits. And so let's break it down. So out of yeah. $4,500, you're paying an assistant and you're paying supplies. What do you think between the assistant and supplies, how much did that cost and how much did profit did that leave you? Great question. So my average chain, I think right now runs about three to $4 for a bracelet. Mm-hmm. And we charge fifty five to sixty five right now. Um, yeah. I know I need to raise my prices. Yeah. you can you can tell me that again later. Give me that pep talk. Um, but my average sale is ninety eight thirty seven. So we're definitely upselling. We're selling two at a time. We're selling charms, things like that. Overall profit, I think we figured out was about four thousand dollars. Nice. That's huge profit margins. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Um, I, I didn't have to pay my assistant. My husband came with me. He happened to be in town. So he went <laughs> with better. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hey, you want to go on a date? You can work with me. <laughs> but even if you paid someone $20 an hour for seven hours, that's what, absolutely 100, yeah, 140 bucks or something. Yeah. So we'd still be sitting at 3,800, 3,900 in profit for seven hours of work. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So what do you find are the most popular chains? Is it gold filled, solid gold, sterling silver? Great question. I thought for sure silver would be the thing, but gold filled has been really popular for me. Okay. Um, I do have a couple gold chains and people look at them and go, these are nice. And then they're like, I want that one. They still want, they want the gold filled. The quality is there. The price point is right. People like that kind of middle ground, I think. I've also had a few people say, I think I want this in gold right now because it's summer and I'm tan, but I want the same chain in silver later. So I have people who are planning to come in to get one cut off to reweld a different chain later, and they'll just hold on to them seasonally and we'll just reweld them. Yeah. And you bring up a great point and I'm glad you did. Like I've never taught this before on the podcast. And so I want to make a quick point, um, pricing. And so mm-hmm. you mentioned that you have three options, like most people, sterling, silver, gold filled and gold. Well, gold is obviously the most expensive option. So it's, it's like you said, people look at the gold, they see the price and they're like, oh, that's nice. But I can also have gold filled for a significant or at some point, some amount less than the gold. Mm-hmm. And Apple and all these companies, if you look at them, they do the same thing. It's like, okay, you got the basic iPad, but for a little bit more, you can get that extra RAM, you can get that extra, you know, whatever. And then the best option, you know, maybe it's a $1,500 iPad. You're like, oh, wow, that's nice, but maybe it's overkill. And so I'm going to go with the middle option. And so mm-hmm. pricing psychology, I've read a whole book on it. It's it's extremely fascinating. But I say all that to say this, if you're not offering solid gold options, you're you're hurting your pricing because if you can price anchor, I call it price anchoring because it's just like with car dealerships, they put say like, oh, this is 90,000 MSRP, but you know, today you can get it for 85,000. It's similar to that, but you're, you're just comparing it. So like, if you can say like, yeah, solid gold, you can get one of those for $200 or $150, or you can get a gold field bracelet for $50 or $75. It just, it really helps out the pricing psychology and help people make more decisions. Absolutely. And I don't know that I've heard anyone talk about this specifically. So since we're talking about pricing, do you mind if I toss something out there? Go ahead. Okay. So people price basically two different ways, right? They price by inch or they price by style, like a bracelet or an anklet or something. We do a hybrid. So all of our bracelets, gold filled are one price. Anything, and and that's anything, if it's an eight inch, a 10 inch, it doesn't matter. It's a bracelet. We're just going to go with that. The average is six or seven inches. So we're making money regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything, if it's an anklet, a necklace, anything else is the base price of a bracelet plus a price per inch over eight inches. So if the anklet's nine inches, it might be the eight or the bracelet price plus one inch. But knowing knowing your cost per inch for a chain is really important when you're looking at your pricing so that you can go, hey, I want to make sure that we are covering no matter what the cost per inch of the highest charge chain. Because everybody knows our chain, all the chains cost a little bit different, right? So our pricing is based on the highest cost per inch that we offer in gold filled, the highest cost per inch in silver. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Yeah. I think basically you're like, saying that you're making it to where no matter what gold filled chain they pick, you're not going to yes. lose. 
profit. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. That's a little bit more of advanced pricing strategy. And I, I do, I would love to teach that or like, you know, I'm going to share that clip with everybody because I think it's a very great idea. Uh, and you mentioned like, you know, that you, you think I'm going to tell you to raise your prices. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> it's working for you. You're making great money. I'm not going to sit there and tell you to change something right now. I mean, Honestly, like, yeah, you could have your prices at $100, but it might scare some people away. And so the fact that you can get people up to your table at that price point, you have like $55, but then you say a lot of people buy a second one or you upsell them. I mean, if it gets you more customers overall and more profit overall, I'm not going to judge your profits, you know? (laughs) Well, we're very profitable, so I don't worry too much about it. And that's, that's the cool thing about business is everybody wants like the exact template, the exact blueprint, but you know, there are multiple ways to do it. And that's the fun part is you got to figure out what works the best for you and your audience and your area. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sweet. So, um, okay, we talked about events. Is there anything like, like, I know that there's different checklists and, you know, everybody needs a generator and things like that. Is there anything yeah. in events that you never really see anybody post about, but you love to have there? I liked having a cooler with my own drinks handy. Mm-hmm. And I would say bring snacks. I didn't think about that immediately. And when you have a lineup of people, you can't necessarily, I mean, you can, you can take a break and you probably should, but I didn't want <laughs> to. I was like just enjoying my time. So I stayed, um, but it would have been great to have some protein shakes in the cooler. So I <laughs> could keep my energy up um, because I was exhausted. It was a three-day event. At the end of it, I was I was burned out for this particular outdoor event. If you can, for an outdoor event, have your tent set up so that you don't have wind hitting you because that was a problem. Our our stands kept falling over and things like that. Have a sign that tells what you're doing. Our business is named Welded and people are like, what's that? You know, so I we very quickly went to Kinko's and printed out a sign that said permanent jewelry and then had the logo and information about it. So let people know what you're doing because it is really trendy right now. But if people don't know that's what you're doing there, they just think you're sitting there with jewelry. Yeah. So you're missing that opportunity with people. Um, that's a good point real quick because yeah. I, and I, and I think that's why some people go to events and they don't get that much traction. Cause if you just look like a jewelry stand, like that's been around for hundreds or thousands of years, but right. if you can make it very clear in a big sign that says permanent jewelry, that's going to help your profits immediately. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as we put that sign up, we were busy. Prior to that, people were just like, oh, look, more jewelry. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I think anyone watching or listening to this, they've already got tons of advice, but that's that's probably a huge one. If you're struggling with events, make sure it's very clear that you do permanent jewelry. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, Put it out there where you're going to be. That's something to like tag the city you're in, that kind yep. of stuff. Because I didn't initially do that because I didn't know how much to promote somebody else's event that I was at. And then I started looking at it more like, well, it's my event too. I'm also there, which means it's my event and I can change the trajectory of how this business goes for the day if I put it out there. So now utilizing some of the same strategies that you or some of the strategies you taught is you know, telling people, this is my audience size. This is who I'm going to be promoting to. No one says no. Mm-hmm. No one says no. When I ask if I can do a pop-up somewhere and I'm like, I have an audience of roughly 3,500 people and an email list over a thousand. This is who I'm going to be telling about your events. Can I, or your store, can I bring you some traffic? People are like, heck yeah, <laughs> please do. Yep. And, and like, I think the more we can take responsibility for our own situations, whether it be business life or anything, the better. And so 
just like you mentioned, instead of thinking of it as somebody else's event, think of it as, okay, I have a space here. This is going to be like, just like if you were going to rent out a building space, this is my mm-hmm. little business and my little plot of land. And I need to take control and get people there. Yeah, absolutely. It's taking responsibility is probably the best way I've heard that put. Yep. Awesome. Anything else you wish you had known when you started a year ago? Get your chains from a reputable source. Yeah. And linked has great chains. I, from the very beginning, I have kept track of what chains people purchased so that I could keep track of what was going to be the most popular. And two days after an event, somebody said, my chain has tarnished and you said it wouldn't. And I just, again, took responsibility for it and said, you know what? We purchased from a new um, distributor that I hadn't worked with before. I am so sorry. I took them at their word. I didn't test the chain properly ahead of time. That's my fault. Um, And then I did a recall on it. I told everybody who had that chain, I was like, hey, I'm so sorry this happened. Um, Taking responsibility for it. If you'd like it replaced, let me know. You can come into the spa, which is our permanent home, and I will replace it at no charge. And everybody was just floored that we were doing that. So take responsibility, take ownership. It's your business. Make the right call, be ethical, you know, and people will really respect it. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like between the, cause you've, how long have you had that spa? Eight, almost nine years. Okay. Nine years. Um, how, how, um, compared to any service you've ever had in nine years, how much, mm-hmm. how easy it is it, is it to promote permanent jewelry compared to any of those services at any point in time in the past nine years? <laughs> um, oh, this is so much easier. And I mean, part of it is just the trend, right? It's trendy, but the the buy-in that's necessary and the interest in the market right now makes it, if, if you put the legwork in, if you put your your brain behind it, you almost can't fail. I hate to say that, but it is, I mean, you could, but if you're doing what is out there, if you take linked course and you learn the things and you keep learning and keep marketing yourself, it's very simple. Once I started sending out emails that said, Hey, this is me. This is what I do. This is really trendy right now. This is my email list. It's a very simple email. I have not gotten a no yet for for doing a pop-up where marketing spa services, you're competing with a massive amount of people, right? There is a beauty salon on every corner and then some. And a lot of times you're competing with big companies, big dollars, big franchises. That doesn't really exist in this industry yet. So you have a big opportunity without a massive level of competition yet. Yep. Remind me to tell you a a really amazing marketing strategy I just talked about, or I just thought about um, offline. It's it's something I wouldn't want everybody to know. (laughs) Well, (laughs) alrighty. Hey, the benefits are coming on my podcast. And so if you're a link student, you want to come on the podcast, you might get some secrets. Love it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for you know being here. And uh, if they want to follow you on Instagram or your spa, what's the best place? I would start with follow me. It's Amber Bud. I'm easier to find. So just at Amber, A-M-B-E-R, Bud, B-U-D-D Sweet. on Instagram. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, Message if you, me. <laughs> if you're watching this and you enjoyed you know, some of the great advice we gave, you know, leave us a comment below, hit that like button, and then you can subscribe so you can get notified every time we do one of these. I try to put out a podcast every like week or so. Um, and then if you're listening, I always appreciate a podcast review. It helps, you know, we do this for free to share advice to everybody. And so that's a way to give back. So, all right. Thank you for watching or listening. And thank you, Amber. Thank you.